Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. We are kicking off a series on the Holy Spirit. We're calling this Clear. Uh, because I believe the Spirit of God brings clarity. Can I have a good amen? In a time of chaos and confusion, the Spirit gives his people clarity. We're going to talk about living in the Holy Spirit. And so I heard this story a while back. I thought it would be a great lead into the message today. Three guys, they had graduated high school uh, 20 years prior. They kind of lost track of each other, but they found each other on Facebook. They reconnected, and they got the idea, hey, well, well why don't we take a trip together? Kind of a, a reunion. And so they, they decided to, to do a cruise. How many's ever been on a cruise before? Yeah, I've never been on a cruise, but if you want to buy a, your pastor a cruise, yeah, you go right. I'm just teasing. teasing. They said, hey, let's take a cruise together. And so they made all the plans, set the date, they met, they're on the cruise boat, and just loving life. I mean, reliving the glory days, telling old school stories, watching movies, playing that game, chilling by the pool, doing what you do on a cruise. But about three days into the cruise, two of the friends noticed. They were puzzled because every time it was mealtime, every time they decided to get something to eat, their friend disappeared. And so three days into this, they're wondering, man, where's it going? What's he doing? So they confronted him. They said, hey, listen, when we had this idea, everybody was excited. We thought it would be a good way to reconnect. You know, just one thing's a little strange. We get ready to eat. You disappear. Where do you go? What are you doing? Well, he was a little embarrassed. He said, guys, I'm ashamed to admit this. The cruise was a fantastic idea. I saved all my money just to buy a ticket to get on the boat. I didn't have extra for meals, and so I brought some cheese and crackers, and I've been going back to my room eating cheese and crackers. The fella said, oh, no. What a tragedy. Dude, when you bought the ticket to get on the boat, it covered the cost of the meals. Can I have a good amen? He didn't realize what he had. And you know what? I wonder when it comes to the Holy Spirit, if we realize the price that Jesus paid, and it's not enough to just get on the boat and eat cheese and crackers. Come on, can I have a good amen? We're going to talk about the whole buffet of God. Come on, South Louisiana. How many like to eat? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're going to talk about who he is, what he does, the gifts that he gives. In fact, today, if you're taking notes, the title of the message today is simply who he is. I want to tell you just real introductory who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I know when we put this topic out there, there's, there's people on every different place of the spectrum. You know, some of you have, have, have had great experiences. Some of you have had not so great experiences. Some of you have been equipped and informed. Others of you, it's like untying your shoe and tying it back. You may need to relearn some things about the Holy Spirit. I know some people today may be nervous. Oh, Pastor, Holy Spirit, things are going to get crazy up in here. Speaking in tongues and falling out on the floor and people doing backflips out of the balcony. I thought this church was safe. Great. Uh, some of you may be a little confused. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Ghost, Casper, the friendly ghost. 
like the crazy uncle you don't really know what to do with. Who is the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost? Some of you may be excited. Like, yes, it is about time. We fixing to throw down up in here. Well, we got the rowdy bunch at the 930 service. And then some of you, maybe this is your first time to be at HPC and you're like, wow, I picked a great Sunday to visit. Wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, I, I, just, I believe God has something specific for you because if there's any topic that the devil would love to confuse, it's this one. If there's any topic the devil would love to oppose or make awkward, it, it, it's this one. The enemy of your soul doesn't want you to see who you are in Christ or know what you have in him. And it's a little bit more than cheese and crackers. God has given us the rich opportunity for a relationship with the Spirit. Now, let me give you some disclaimers, okay? I know I've got to lay some groundwork before we move forward into the Scriptures. And today may be a little more educational and informational than what we're used to. But I believe God wants to give us the tools that we need to do something significant in this hour. We live in some crucial days. Can I have a good amen? Man, we need to be led by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, equipped by the Spirit of God. A couple of disclaimers, and the first is this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Can I have a better amen? How many know people, they do strange stuff. They say weird things. They act in bizarre ways. And sometimes the Holy Spirit gets blamed for the weird things people do. Holy Spirit's not weird, okay? People are weird. I want to take some of the awkward out, some of the misconceptions. I believe sometimes because of the bizarre things that people have done in the name of the Spirit, a large portion of the church avoids it altogether. And so I want to demystify some of that and, and eliminate some of the weird, awkward stuff that's been associated with the Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit's not weird. Second of all, you need to know this, that a spirit-filled life is not the special deluxe edition of Christianity. It's not reserved for the who's who of the Christian zoo. Come on, talk to me. Well, it's only, well, the Holy Spirit is only for the Navy SEALs uh, of Christianity. It's only for the evangelists or the missionaries or the, you know, these high level. Can I tell you this? A life that is dominated and empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit is the normal Christian life that Jesus died to give us. Signs and wonders and healings and miracles and supernatural. Listen, we are natural, but the Holy Spirit adds his super to our natural. And this ought to be the normal experience of the life of the believer. Today, I want to talk to you about who he is. Next week, I want to talk to you about what he does. Then the third week, we're going to talk about the gifts that he gives. And then the fourth week, I'm not even preaching. We're going to let the Holy Ghost do whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do in our Sunday service. We're going to call it the ghost bomb. So I just want to prepare you for that. If you're taking notes, and, and again, the spirit behind this series, it's funny because yesterday I was watching the Saints play. I'm glad football's back. The Saints, they, they lost, but you know what? Hey, they're still God's favorite team. They're the Saints. Come on. My goodness. Pray for the saints. The scripture tells us that. 
watching the Saints play, and it cut away to a commercial. And have you maybe been watching a movie or, or seeing a sporting event, and then it goes to commercial break? Have you seen those commercials, those restaurant commercials, where they do those, like, zoom in, like they zoom in on a steak that's just come hot off the grill, and the bubber, bu- butter, <laughs> can't even talk, the butter is just crackling, and man, here comes this grilled shrimp that just drops down on top of it. And then you see this loaded baked potato, and it's got the butter, the sour cream, the chocolate, and then they sprinkle the bacon bits, bacon bits, and you're thinking, here comes the blooming onion, the blooming onion, and you're like, I'm going to Outback right now. <laughs> and you know, you didn't even know you were hungry until you saw the commercial. You see, God's going to use this series for your soul. Some of you don't even know you're hungry for the Holy Spirit. You don't even know, but God's going to use this to awaken something. He's going to give you a little hunger pain in your soul for more of God. Can I have a good amen? So let's just make this really elementary and break this thing down. First of all, if you're taking notes, I want to give you three simple things. Number one, we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. If we do a quick definition of terms, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. There's a, a Hebrew word for holy, which is the word Kadesh. And that word Kadesh, holy, means unique. It means different. Holy means set apart. Okay, now let me stop right here and say this. There is a spirit that's in this world. It's a spirit of strife, a spirit of division, a spirit of confusion. It is a spirit of fear. But we have a different spirit inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit, which means this. You may be in the world, but you're not of the world. When you have the spirit of the living God inside of you, it is different than the chaos, the confusion, the strife, and the division that's around you. Just because it's around you doesn't mean it has to be in you. Can I have a good amen? Holy means set apart, different. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you don't think like, act like, walk like, talk like, do like everybody else. We march to the beat of a different drum. I don't think like, like, like the news media outlets are trying to condition me to think. I don't need their help in shaping my view of the world because I have a different spirit inside of me. Holy means unique It means set apart. Now the word spirit, there's two words. The the Greek word is pneuma. The Hebrew word is ruach. And the word spirit literally means breath or air for breathing. Everybody take a deep breath. Exhale. Okay, the word spirit literally means breath. A couple weeks ago, I was in the, in the gym, and I realized I, I needed to do a little more cardio. So I jumped on one of the elliptical machines. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to run a 10K today. No training. Didn't, didn't have any, you know, didn't, no runway to work up to it. But I just got to, have you ever had an idea? And it, it was good at the time. And then about midway through, you're like, that's a bad idea. Okay, well, a 10K is 6.2 miles. I look it down at, the, at, the, at the, my little track record there. I'm going point two. I haven't even gone to a full mile. I went point two and couldn't catch my breath. Much less the 
Two, I realize I need air for breathing. And just as your body needs air for breathing, your spirit needs the Holy Ghost for breathing and living. The Holy Spirit, holy, set apart, spirit, breath of God. Now, let me give you a quick rundown because I know we we all think about the book of Acts. But the Holy Spirit was with us from the very beginning of time. When you read the scriptures, let me give you some highlights here. When God created the universe, the Holy Spirit was present. Okay, think about that. In the beginning, God created. Okay, you read it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You'll find that the Bible says, and the Spirit hovered over the chaotic waters of the deep. This is a great picture, by the way, because what we see in Genesis 1 is a world of chaos, and God says that his spirit hovers over chaos. Oh, that's good news. That's real good news, because when I turn on the TV, when I get on social media, I see the chaos that's in our country and in this culture. And you know what? I'm reminded that the spirit hovers over chaos. I'm thankful because when I'm in the spirit, listen, God said, let there be light. And out of chaos, God brought divine order. When your life is led by the spirit, divine order, it may be chaotic around you, but God places divine order inside of you. You with me? You see, the the closer we walk in the spirit, the more ordered our lives become. The further away we are from the spirit, the more chaotic things become in our lives. You've seen this in relationships, in marriages, in children. You've you've seen this in institutions. You've seen this in the education and government system. Man, the further God is removed from something, the more chaotic it becomes. But the closer God is to something, divine order is a result. We see the Holy Spirit was present at creation. Bible says that God in Genesis 1 and 2, from the dust of the earth, he created this shell of a man called Adam. He put together lips, hips, and fingertips, all right? But he was lifeless until God breathed, and that man became a living being. Do you see that? Adam was deactivated until the breath of God, until God inhaled and exhaled. That's the Holy Spirit right there. That's the Ruach, the pneuma of God's spirit. Now all of a sudden, Adam is activated and he's powered up. God only did this to humans. He didn't breathe into hippos. He didn't breathe into giraffes. And he sure didn't breathe into cats. Come on, somebody. Listen, don't send me any hate emails, all right? If you love cats, God bless you. Don't bring your cat to my house. (laughs) Only human beings, and that's why we have a soul, because the Holy Spirit breathed to create us. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said these words. He said, God breathed on clay, and clay became a man. Today he breathes on men, and men become clay. Oh, Holy Spirit, breathe on this house. Oh, melt away the hardness of our souls. God, make us like clay where you can shape us and mold us into something that brings honor and glory to you. Come on, do you receive that today? Put your hands together if you believe that. I love it. This book that guides our lives, it's God-breathed. 
2 Timothy 3.16. Man didn't write this book. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Consider even the way Jesus came into the earth. He was born of a virgin. How did that happen? How did Mary conceive? The Bible says she conceived of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God is active and present in so many things that we take for granted. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You need to know that the Spirit is God. It's not like, sometimes people have an image of God, and I've heard this, especially since I've become a pastor. Hey, preacher, can you put in a good word for me to the big man upstairs? For real. I mean, I, I hear this, and I know what they're saying. Hey, can you pray for me? Which I love praying for people. Can you put in a good word for the big man upstairs? Sometimes we, say, we see God as the big man upstairs, and then we see Jesus as kind of like the junior partner. You know, Jesus is a little junior God, and then the Holy Spirit is kind of, you know, bumping along behind him like, hey, guys, can I get in? Can I get in? Can I get in? No, no, no. Let me clear up our thinking here. The Spirit himself is God. We talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. Why is he third? That's not about rank or importance. It's to identify this expression of how God moves in the earth. Think about it. If God is in heaven and Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, how does anything get done in the earth today? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Now, it's hard to explain the Trinity in a complete way. Any, any, any picture of the Trinity, it lacks. Sometimes we say, well, consider an egg. You know, an egg has three parts. It's got the shell, it's got the egg white, and it's got the yolk, three in one. But the problem is you can separate the shell from the egg white. You can take the yolk out. You can't take the Holy Spirit out of God or out of Jesus. They are united. That's how they dwell together. That's how three, tri, meaning three, dwell together. Unity, triune, that's the trinity. Uh, again, it, it's, it's hard to wrap our brains around, but I want you to consider this. In the Old Testament, God spoke to the Israelites from a distance, through a thundering cloud, through a voice from heaven. You know, cloud by day, fire by night. You know, God spoke, but he was distant. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament now, God came close. He wrapped himself up in flesh, and here comes Jesus. Jesus is God wrapped up in the flesh. And Jesus walks this earth, and he trains disciples, and he spends time with them. And then there was a time when Jesus told his disciples, it is better for you that I go away. Whoa, 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 whoa. where are you going, Jesus? You just got here. And how could it be better? The absence of Jesus is better? How does that work? He said, it's better for you that I go because when I go, I'm going to send someone, the Holy Spirit. And he's not just going to be with you, he's going to be in you. You see, God with you is good, but God in you is even better. Come on, can I have a good amen? Sometimes, you know, we read the stories of the Bible and I get jealous. Oh, I wish I was Abraham and I, I could, you know, I'm a friend of God and man, I could talk with him and actually hear his voice. Or sometimes I think, man, I wish I was one of the disciples, man. I'm, man, hanging out with Jesus in his air Jerusalems, man. And, you know, eating fish on the beach. And man, that, wouldn't that be cool to actually touch him? But I wonder if Abraham and 
Peter and James and John, I wonder if they're up in heaven and they're looking down on you saying, oh, I'm just so jealous. We had God with us, but God is actually in them. You see, in this church age, we have a power that's available to us that's greater than any Old Testament or New Testament expression of God. Are you catching this? Number one, the person of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say promise. You see, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, it wasn't some afterthought. It was God's plan from the very beginning. Notice what the scripture says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The prophet Joel, even before the time of Christ, 800 years, somebody say 800, 800 years before Jesus walks the earth, Joel prophesied and he said this, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Now notice that. The prophetic word of Joel is, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. That word pouring out in the Hebrew, you know what it is a picture of? It's a picture of a rainstorm. How many of you know that in Louisiana, we understand the rain? Isn't it interesting how like every day in the summer, it's like 100 degrees. Man, you wake up and, and you know, the, 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 the sky is clear, the sun is intense. And man, but about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, those clouds, y'all notice that? It's like every day, here come the clouds. You know it, you're sitting in your office and you hear, boom, You're like, oh, Lord, did I bring my umbrella? Have you ever been in a rainstorm and you had an umbrella, you had your raincoat and your rain boots and you still got totally soaked? Yeah, you just couldn't escape it. it was, I mean, there, there was no escape this downpour. This is the picture that God is painting for the church. You can't even escape. God wants to saturate you to the bone with his spirit. 800 years before the day of Pentecost. This tells me, I want to tell you something about the promises of God. Because we first talked about the person of the spirit, now we're talking about the promise. The promises of God have no expiration date. 800 years it took for this word to come to pass. But the promises of God, God does not forget his promises. But if he says it, he will redeem it. Notice what the scripture says in Acts chapter 2. Now on the day of Pentecost. Here we are 800 years later. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. I love the suddenlies in the Bible. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Come on, there's that Louisiana downpour right there. Ba-boom. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames our tongues of fire appeared and settled on them. Interesting how the, the Bible equates the Holy Spirit with flames. There's a fire. I believe God wants to ignite the church with a fire. He wants to put a passion inside of you. How many of you, you don't want to live life just going through the motions? But you need the Holy Spirit to catalyze something on the inside of you. The scripture says, in this room, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave this ability to them. 
Now, I tried to wrap my brain around this. I've been raised in spirit-filled churches. Some of you have too. (laughs) Maybe that's some of our problem. (laughs) Some of the things that we've seen and read and heard or some of the things we've been mistaught. I've tried to understand what happened on that day. And here's my conclusion, that my finite mind will never fully understand an infinite God. But the good news is you don't have to understand everything to receive everything God wants to give you. How many of you know the minute you understand God completely is the minute he ceases to be God and that you have made yourself God? Come on, are you with me? I don't understand everything. But guess what? I don't have to understand it all to receive what it is that the Lord wants to give us. We interact with things all the time that we don't completely understand. You want examples? Vehicles. I don't understand how a car works. I really don't. If you see your pastor stuck like Chuck on the side of the road, you know what I'll do? I will pop the hood of my vehicle. And I will look under that hood. I have no idea what I'm looking for. Hopefully, one of you will see me and feel sorry for me and call somebody who can help. I don't understand vehicles, but you know what I did today? I got in my vehicle. I turned that thing on, and I drove all the way to church. (gasps) Pastor, you did something you didn't completely understand? Yes. You do it too? Medicine. I don't understand how. I have a headache. I can take a pill, swallow it by mouth. It goes down my esophagus into my stomach. How does it know where to go in the different parts of my body? Don't understand medicine, but I go to the doctor when I get sick. Women. Watch out now. (laughs) I love you. Don't understand you. <laughs> Love you though. I, I, I don't, I mean, you got, you're emotional, you're delicate, you're beautiful, you're, you're sensitive. And I love it. I, you know, Rachel and I, we, we've been married for 25 years, 25 years, two weeks ago. Come on, somebody. Hoo, hoo, hoo. And to this day, and I can start to read her. I'm starting to understand a little bit better. She get in the car and I mean, you can tell, fellas, when there's that awkward tension in the vehicle. And you're like, babe, is, is something wrong? And when she says, oh, it's nothing. I used to really take her at face value and think, well, there's nothing wrong. 25 years has taught me what, oh, it's nothing, really means. Fellas, you ready? When she says, oh, it's nothing, I want to interpret it. It means something is really wrong. It's all your fault. And it's up to you to figure out what you did to me. I'm I'm trying to help. I'm trying to set somebody free today. Come on, fellas. I don't understand women. I'm married 25 years. I got two daughters. Man, I love the ladies God has put in my life. Listen, you don't have to understand everything about the Holy Spirit to receive everything God wants to give you by his spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit, Acts Acts 2.39, Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he said, this promise is to you. And it's to your children and to those who are far away. You see, listen, it's not just for you, but it's for your kids and your grandkids. There's a generational blessing that comes with the person and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Can I have a good amen? He said, and to all those who are far away, 
That means generationally. This was spoken, this happened. Peter said this 2,000 years ago, and guess what? It wasn't just for that day. It was for this day that seemed far away. It wasn't just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles who were far away from God. This promise is for you. Number one, the person. Number two, the promise. Number three, the provision of the Holy Spirit. Here's where I want to end today. I've got two minutes and 51 seconds to tell you this. When you came in this morning, you received one of these cards. Okay, if you're watching online, this is available to you as well. I want you to pull out this card. Clear is the the title of the series. But on on the back side of that card, you're going to see the role of the Holy Spirit. I don't even have time to teach you everything on this list. And this is just a list that will scratch the surface. There's 10 things, the, ro- the provision of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a counselor. Oh, man. If there's ever a day we need good counsel, it's today. Man, there's so much confusion and chaos. Man, have you ever been in a place in your life where you didn't know what to do? You did not know the next step to take? Maybe you're stuck at a marriage or maybe a, a wayward son or daughter. Maybe there's some decisions at your workplace or maybe it's moving or starting something and you need wise counsel. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a counselor. You know what else he is? He's a comforter. Oh, thank God. Uh, some of you have suffered tremendous loss. Some of you have lost people that you love to this virus. Some of you lost your jobs, your source of income. Maybe some of you are, are losing in a relationship. The Bible says that God sends his spirit to comfort us. And, and people mean well. There'll be people that mean well and try to help you. But sometimes you'll go through something that only the spirit himself can bring comfort to. He's a comforter. You know what else he is? He's a helper. <laughs> How many have ever prayed, Lord, help? God, help. Sometimes Rachel walk in the kitchen, see those dishes and be like, I need some help up in here. When you feel overwhelmed, the Holy Spirit comes as a helper. Look at this. He's an intercessor. You know what that word intercede means? To intercede means to stand between. It means to go between and to pray for. Listen, as your pastor, I love praying for you. We pray every week. We lay hands on every seat in this auditorium, believing God to move in your heart in this moment. We say, Lord, fill every seat. God, fill every heart. Somebody prayed over that seat that you're sitting in right now. I love praying for you. I pray for my children on the way to school. (laughs) They're like, it's the everlasting prayer. Dad, you're killing us. You know, I love praying in the altars. But can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit prays for you. And there's nobody better than the Spirit himself. Romans 8, 26 says this, when you don't know how to pray as you should, when you don't even have the words to speak, the Holy Spirit himself prays for you and through you the perfect prayer to God the Father that the enemy cannot intercept. And knowing exactly what you need when you need it, he's an intercessor, he's an advocate. You know what that word advocate means? He pleads your case like an attorney. When you've been accused of something, when somebody's lied to you or lied about you, the Holy Spirit is an advocate. He speaks on your behalf. He knows the the exact words to defend you, to help you. He's a teacher. let's, Let's talk about Unifier just for a second. Can I talk to you a little bit about unity? 
Let, let, let me pastor you through the season that we're in right now. The Bible says the Spirit of God brings unity to the church. It is discouraging for me to see the division that's taking place in the body of Christ today. We are tearing each other apart over masks, over mandates, over vaccines. It, I, I'm baffled. You, you, you go to Facebook or you, you go to some of these social media platforms and you see brothers and sisters ripping each other apart. And I'm like, God, we're grieving the spirit that you sent us. Now, listen, we don't have to agree on everything, but unity is not agreeing on everything. Unity is, hey, we may not always agree, but we are united in the spirit. And I'm not going to use the differences that I feel to tear you apart. Listen, in the Apostle Paul's day, okay, now I want you to hear this. In the Apostle Paul's day, because he spoke about this in Romans 14, it wasn't about vaccines or, or masks, but you know what it was about? There was division over eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. There was a group of Christians in the Corinthian church, there was a group of Christians that felt like, you can't eat meat that's been sacrificed to an idol. That's going to disrespect God. And there was another group of Christians in the church who said, what? Of course you can eat that meat because an idol's not a god at all. It's a piece of wood. And they were tearing each other apart over meat. And you know what God, through Paul, said? Wait a second, guys. The kingdom is not about what you eat. The kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So get your eyes off of what's happening down here and put your eyes on the kingdom. The kingdom is way more important than your personal position on a mask or a vaccine. Can I have a better amen? I've never feared the virus. I don't fear the vaccine. God's not given me a spirit of fear. I've got a different spirit inside of me. Can I have a better amen? Quit tearing each other apart over your differences. It takes humility. Watch this. Two things it takes. It takes humility and it takes respect. If we're going to walk in unity, it's going to take humility. Now, some of you are not going to like what I'm getting ready to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> humility is the ability to say, I could be wrong. I, you know, here's my take on it, what I see, what I read. Hey, but I could be wrong. Humility will allow you to say, this is my take, but I could be wrong. Some people refuse to admit being wrong. And so they walk in a spirit of arrogance. Humility says I could be wrong. Watch this. Number two, respect says this. We may have differences on this, but I'll never mistreat you. I'm going to honor you as a brother and sister in the Lord. Wear your mask, don't wear your mask. Get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Listen, I'm not, it's not going to change how I treat you because there's this thing called mutual respect. Only the Holy Spirit can unite the body in times like this. Can I have a better amen? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.